This is The Takeaway. I'm John Hockenberry. Thanks so much for listening. And now, listen to this. Nothing's gonna harm you, not while I'm around. The simple heroic act of taking care of someone who needs you. Nothing's gonna harm you, no sir, not while I'm around. Classic Stephen Sondheim there. But the condition of being a caregiver goes way beyond familiar. It's part of the fabric of American society itself. Each day, millions of men and women rise to greet a daily responsibility for someone they love. But someone whose care can challenge everything about their quality of life. I know so many families that have charged services for their kids, and we don't make enough. You know, working families do not make enough to pay for the care of special needs kids on their own. That's Linda Carney Goodrich, whose son Philip has autism. We'll hear more of her story in just a few minutes. Linda is just one of the nearly 66 million Americans each day responsible for someone to keep them safe and well to be around. They are caregivers of an aging adult or an adult special needs child, a severely injured veteran. The caregiver is certainly the most common and commonly unrecognized job in America. There are no tax breaks for caregiver work, certainly no pay, and often no breaks in a routine that is a matter of life and death to the person being cared for. All this week at The Takeaway, we want to recognize this workforce of caregivers, introduce them to you, collect your stories of being a caregiver. We know there are plenty of you out there doing this job. We want to simply ask, how are you doing? How is it going today? If we can just for a moment put aside the feeling of being alone out there, we will have done a lot, I think. Tell us your story at 8778-MY-TAKE or tweet us at The Takeaway using the hashtag care for. But first, some numbers that tell the story of just how big this caregiving job is. Joining us now is Dante Chinney, director of the American Communities Project at American University. Dante, welcome back. Thank you for having me, John. If we were to think about this around the United States, are there places in the U.S. where uh, there are much greater investments and much greater needs as far as caregiving is concerned than others? One way you can really kind of measure it is by looking at the aging population in the United States. And of course, People get to a certain age, and there is the great sandwich generation problem of having to take care of older people as well as taking care of kids. And you look at the population 62 and over and where it's based in the country, and it is really heavily based in in rural America. It's based in these places that I call uh, working-class country. That's kind of like rural places without a lot of agriculture. Huge swath of America called called graying America, and a place we call the aging farmlands. These places have a couple things in common. They are overwhelmingly rural. And they are not high income. These are low income places. And a lot of these rural places, the younger folks have moved away. Uh, And these places have kind of unique challenges, I think. So the investments that these people are making in caregiving are bearing directly on their income, their quality of life, uh, the prospect of them being in poverty or not. That's absolutely true. And then the other question, I think, for them is, as you get older, is it is it a question where these people who live in rural America either, you know, have to pick up and move to be near loved ones who can take care of them? Or do they have somebody move back to them? I mean, we kind of have this geographic disparity now where you have people aging in one part of the country and there really isn't a lot of care for them in those places. And it's going to be something, I think, to really follow in the next 10 years. I read a statistic that women who are caregivers are two and a half times more likely than non-caregivers to live in poverty, five times more likely to receive supplemental security income, to have actually burned through all of their savings. That has a real tangible impact in communities. That's a really interesting statistic, and it does not surprise me at all. That And my guess is if you could get those kinds of figures mapped, you would see some of those kind of problems in, in more in urban and even suburban areas 
where problems have fallen on somebody in the family, and I don't mean that, I don't mean to put it that way, but like the, the responsibilities have fallen on somebody in the family, and they're going to tend to fall on women, and especially if you've got women who are uh, single parents, then you have an amazing amount of responsibility falling on those people. And anything of a scale of uh, nearly 66 million you're going to find in every geographic area. But going back to the rural for a moment, rural communities, I believe, are overrepresented in terms of their uh, proximity to military facilities, uh, whether or not they actually served in the wars. And so some of the veteran caregiver issues are probably overrepresented in rural areas as well. Yeah, uh, rural places score very, very high in terms of having veterans, much higher than the nation at large. So when, when I looked at where veteran populations are located, they are, again, most heavily located in those three areas we talked about, graying America, these aging farmlands, and working-class country. But the other place that pops up are these places around military posts. Uh, and 17, maybe not surprisingly, but 17% of the population in those areas, they're veterans. And those places also do tend to be rural. It's really, it's a big, big issue when you get out into rural America, especially around these bases, just large numbers of veterans. And those are unique problems, of course, physical and psychological challenges for, uh, for those communities. The caregiver map of the United States helping us to see that map more clearly is Dante Chinney, director of the American Communities Project at American University. Thanks so much. Thank you. NYC Now delivers breaking news, top headlines, and in-depth coverage from WNYC and Gothamist every morning, midday, and evening. By sponsoring our programming, you'll reach a community of passionate listeners in an uncluttered audio experience. Visit sponsorship.wnyc.org to learn more.